So hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ideas Worth Trying. It's Haile Hiram here with my co-host. Hi guys, it's Ilias. Today we're a bit more professional, we've got a microphone each, so we can always uh, jump in when uh, the other person's uh, <laughs> making a point and we have an idea. So anyway, just wanted to, we just wanted to continue on from our discussion last week about universal basic income. And today's episode is focused on a bit more awareness about uh, or get people to think more about the future of jobs and the future of your job, jobs of the future, how technology is going to disrupt this or change this, or maybe it even supports you. So um, that's the idea of our podcast today. Yeah, let's get started talking about, uh, I guess, uh, a little bit of our experiences in jobs over the last, I guess, the last five to eight years, jobs have changed a little bit so i remember working at a big company here in nuremberg and the a lot of people weren't satisfied with their job so it was a big company you would think that people would be very satisfied but they're always looking for something extracurricular to do or volunteer to do some kind of uh, activity in a community yeah i remember when one job was advertised it was for uh, a kind of like a social kind of uh, project So giving back to the community, using your skills and expertise in a small group, doing some kind of community work. And uh, I remember lots of people applied for this job. (laughs) So it was uh, was interesting to see. And and then I just started talking to people. And even some people um, started to have their own, start their own projects, started to create a magazine because they wanted something extra to do because they weren't satisfied with uh, that job. And I think this links to something with um, a little bit more, people are more, I guess, socially more aware, maybe about the environment. So they don't, they don't really want to work at a company. They don't really feel the the why is not strong. So they're trying to look for a, uh, to fulfill their why. Because I, if I think back to a, an experience in uh, Australia when I was there, um, so I was always going to the gym and keeping fit. And one of my friends uh, told me that uh, she got a new job. And uh, she was working in the fitness industry, working in marketing. And um, she got a job in the tobacco industry. And I, I was thought she was joking when she told me. Uh, we were doing a few stretches and stuff like that. She was telling me, oh, yeah, I've got this job here. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to learn a lot about marketing and stuff like this. And then my jaw dropped and I was... Like, yeah, but it's uh, in an industry which is totally opposite of the industry you're in now. Which is killing people. Yeah. So now you're in a health industry, fitness, um, uh, even a fitness instructor, mm. uh, group trainer. And then you're going to go into a, um industry which uh, is killing a lot of people. Or due to smoking-related illnesses. Also, um, even myself, I've started to look at, um, you know, is the company I'm working for really, does it really fit with my values? Am I satisfied there? Um, Even myself, I started cutting down my working hours. I'm working um, less hours now. And then when I think back to when I was growing up, I used to grow my own uh, food in the backyard. I used to have corn, um, pumpkins. used to have to move the pumpkins out of the way when we want to play cricket. And stuff like this. So I've gone back to trying to learn more about growing my own food and also do more community projects. So I do a lot of workshops in schools. For example, we do like the Precious Plastic Project, which is, uh, you know, looking at uh, yellow bin plastic 
uh, trying to educate the kids to say, hey, look, um, this is recyclable, but maybe it's better we we don't buy it. Maybe we buy plastic-free. Maybe we go to the plastic-free shop and buy our groceries. So anyway, this leads to a lot of discussion and stuff like this with the kids. So this is kind of like leading into jobs of the future, uh, satisfaction. Now we seems to transition into there's less jobs. Elias, I don't know what uh, some experiences you have with, uh, you know, working and uh, are you satisfied with your job? What kind of uh, experiences do you see? First of all, mm, it isn't all that good, but it, on the other hand, it isn't all that bad either. The reality of the near future will be a path between uh, utopical per path where everything is super and um, we are super happy and we are fulfilled in comparison with a dystopian point of view view where in a matrix point of view we will be abused by machines we will be the slaves of machines or AI technology but um, yeah we just talked about just today you you gave me an idea of a possible possible way of giving my educational path to a brighter view which wouldn't be possible without the technical technolo technological um, improvements we have now so that's a good thing it's just a quick comparison between my time now and m like my father who just came here 40 years ago and uh, for him it was very easy if you were educated or not there were jobs available f to you either in the service sector or in the industry but to compare it with me with me now in this situation although for example i have a um, academical education it's still not easy to find a job or to find a proper job because more position there are less positions and the demand or the competition is higher so today you it isn't about okay I, I'm gonna do this education or this craftsman I want to learn this craftsmanship it's more about hmm what work will I be able to do in 5, 10, 15, 20 years still doing it? In my case, for example, as a cultural anthropologist, having a bachelor, it's very hard <laughs> to do a job. I finished it 2015 and um, I had different, different positions from uh, being a social worker, translator, and now working as a receptionist clerk, can I say that? Yeah, and uh, all of them more or less, I would say, under labor, underpaid. But uh, that's well, the reality. Underemployed, I think they call it. Underemployed? Underemployed. Yeah. So you're employed in a position which you're overqualified for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always uh, talk to the city. I also ap applied that and... Uh, because in a city, there also position where they stated, okay, you have a bachelor's degree and a, a master's degree, and this position is for a bachelor's degree. And all the 
all the time I applied, although I have the experience, the job experience, and the practical experience, I got rejected. And uh, so, <laughs> and after that, I just found a guy I was good with, and I talked to him, and he said, Elias, listen, all the positions which are offered from bachelors, they are filled with people who have a master degree. So they have that. So we are valuing valuing a university degree more than experience and yet that's a reality so in brief there will be in the near future less and less positions with a higher demand of competition in that classical classical view mm -hmm. yeah I remember I worked for a company here in Germany it was in the travel industry so hotel bookings so I was a translation manager there And, uh, yeah, it got bought out by another company. And slowly you see all the different departments slowly being eaten up by this new company. So then all the employees in Nuremberg <laughs> lost their jobs. So all the positions, because once you train the algorithm, it's, it just eats up the whole company. Mm -hmm. So the sales guys left straight away. <laughs> so they already had a sales force in the other company. So you just absorbed all the customers, absorbed all the workflow, and then integrate that business into the the new business mm. and then slowly all the different departments were just slowly uh let go and then yeah the new company took it over so gaining more market share as well so i mean that that's totally un unfortunately that's the reality and there, there are many examples i mean a, a big example was grundig where my father and my uncle worked there and and yeah it was think bought by a Turkish company in 2000 and they're just closed all their industry enterprises there and it just went out and all the people well they got money they got they got money paid off but what to do with that what to do with the workforce and there are many examples in Nür because Nuremberg used to be a big industry place mm -hmm. it used to be unfortunately and now it's got some more and more replaced by a service industry uh, but unfortunately with far less demand of human capital and and that's the way it is like uh, now you have to be more and more educated with, without education it's very hard to get a decent job i would say yeah i remember from a uh, some Some discussions or online discussions where they're talking about uh, what you're experiencing, where you have a, a, a job which didn't require a university degree, now requires a university degree <laughs> to get to get the basic uh, job, entry-level job. So those positions, uh, it's going down, and then the, those people that don't have a university degree who would normally get like an entry-level position job, they're losing out. So yeah, so it's it kind of links to our universal basic income. So we need to start looking at our continually training, so continuous learning. So this is kind of like my philosophy. It's kind of like a continually training, uh, always trying to look to improve my skills and experiences. I think you sent me a link last week to a workshop, but I wasn't able to go. Mm -hmm. But a mm -hmm. workshop about work and uh, production in the future. I think you're telling me before about virtual campus. Are we going to be working from home <laughs> forever? <laughs> I would say this phenomenon we we experienced we ex still experiencing during this 
um, pandemic, it's there were already things already in the process, but the pandemic just just improved it, or 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 or, or I would say um, just speed speed up the process about all this digital workplace, remote working, home office, or this point of do we in the near future does every employee have have its own desk? And I can just clearly say you no, no. We will have a situation where per, I would say, one employee, there will be 0.7 or 0.6 places. Because everyone is sick, one is in vacation, maternity leave, there are different ways. So it's a good thing in my experience because the jobs or place will be far better used. It's mm-hmm. not not a waste of time, not a waste of place, and so it will be hot testing, hot hot desking. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I discussed this in one of my uh, English discussion groups uh, a month ago. So we were just discussing, uh, you know, how employees feel and what's their experience in their company, and they were saying um, that uh, some of the HR staff, obviously, they need an office with documents and stuff like that, but. The majority of the company would be doing hot desking, so that means mm-hmm. you have um, seventy employees. Maybe you only have forty-five desks, mm-hmm. but not everyone's going to be in the office at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then they just say, "Okay, at the end of the day, you make sure the desk is clean mm-hmm. for somebody new to sit there." So some of the f- feelings that uh, some of the uh, some of the clients had were, or was that, uh, yeah, they didn't really feel like they had a comfortable home it's not a comfortable setting it's always a different seat all the time different week uh but then also another person said oh yeah it's good because then they got to collaborate with such and such that Mm. maybe they wouldn't have already they might not have collaborated with before (laughs) so it's it's a little bit of everything so there's positive there's negative Mm. and um yeah i think once Mm. people maybe find maybe have to come earlier to work find a car park and yeah. find a desk speed up speed up <laughs> driving to work you know yeah. first come first serve okay so this is mm. like virtual campus yeah yeah so i mean in the future or it's it's already there uh, but i mean to to really to really apply it we also need a faster infrastructure which will be offered by 5g mm-hmm. and uh um so there there are like virtual campus where you put your vr glasses uh, on and you'll be you'll be in a virtual campus you will be walking around in a let's say like a uh, let's imagine your university campus and you will have people there other students like you and like you and me and you will have rooms you will have libraries you will have uh, Closed rooms for yourself, mm-hmm. but in uh, in I would say virtual reality. Okay. The same amount of the content, yeah. So it's like a Zoom meeting, but you're actually in it in instead it. of watching. Yes, yes, it's a good example, yeah. Okay. <coughs> mm, that sounds uh, sounds like where things are going at the moment, especially when you you see the situation now. Some people have been working from home already for more than a year, mm. so. Uh, half the people I know, but also some people say, "Oh, I don't really have a desk at home anymore. I just have uh, an apartment. It's not really set up for mm. uh, an extra office area." 
No, the desk is not the right height. I just use my kitchen table. It's uh, lighting is not as um, pros as and cons. Would, so pros and cons. Um, yeah, there are. I mean, I just I just had the one example. Of, I mean, I'm um, working in the, working in the front office. You know, I'm in contact with many people, different depart departments, and um, I got really there. Some employees, they are happy. They don't want to go back. They just want to come for important meetings, and there they want to stay at home. Um, especially okay. when they are have a f have a have a big distance to work. Okay. And um, and um, others, you know, with family and kids at home, um, they are a bit. They are happy to come, but they prefer like a. 60-40, 60-40, like three days, three days at work, two days at home, away, and I guess uh, that's gonna be the future, mm -hmm. like a change. What about uh, social meetings? I guess uh, if we're having virtual campus, then we could potentially be watching football games, or or what? What, what was some of the discussions from the workshop that that you came across? Mingling or socializing, uh, it's not only focused on the reality. Mm -hmm. There are also uh, something called Altspace VR, where you and me have their own avatars, like their own comic figures. You can be Donald Duck yeah. or some kind of comic you want, and we meet in a basketball court or in a cool living room and watching a game together. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if you're all around the world. Like some of my friends, we have a, a chat where we watch games or where we mm. talk about games. So everybody puts in their two cents. <laughs> But uh, I can imagine it would be really good to have an AR set on or mm -hmm. augmented reality set, a head, headset and stuff like that and where you have an avatar and you can uh, maybe touch somebody or... Mm -hmm. Interact a little bit with the room, and you're both watching the screen, and you can look to the left or right, and it would be it's all in the it's all in the development process. So it's it's pretty it's in like in a child shoes now. But there are already companies, startups who who are developing suits where you have feelings, where you have oh emotional yeah. feelings there. Okay. So, for example, if I, I mean clap you on a shoulder, your shoulder will have like electrical magnet so you you you, you feel it okay so you have a so we'll, we'll be walking around like uh seals in black <laughs> wetsuits probably <laughs> 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 okay uh, um, we could go in a direction but we'll leave it for that i mean uh, all space we are is in the times like in a pandemic where we are forced to have the social distancing a good thing where we have mm -hmm. still have a quite of social life light Okay, yeah, but we are humans. We we are social, so maybe this could be a uh, a perfect time for it right now. Also, you're telling me about stuff with AI and how maybe could you share with us uh, something else about the AI about designing products or something that you were mentioning before? Yeah, there was an entrepreneur at the conference called Lynn Kaiser. He has the start. He has a company called Heber Heberganic. His idea is to not only let the developing part uh, just being from humans. Instead, he also want to be able to make uh, machines build something. He make this example comparison like, uh, hey, it's uh, pretty pretty weird. Uh, we are 
allowing um, AI like um, algorithms to fly our planes, but we aren't allowing them to build a plane. And he wants to change it. And he has is he said there, yeah, my role model or it's like Elon Musk. Okay. And, um, so what he's already everyone's role model. <laughs> what uh, what he's uh, doing is to let like an algorithm build bike helmet. Okay. And um, the bike that helmet is is more what's say more near or the design of the bike helmet is more near to the nature because the bike helmet looks like a brain. Ah, okay. And um, so yeah. it's a fit for each person pretty much. Exactly, it's individually. And um, the improvement part is it's not only one production the helmet or the technical part, the, the machine behind the helmet is constantly learning. Learning from um, analyzing bike ex- or bike uh, accidents. Bike crashes, bike, bike accidents. Crashes. Okay. And where Impacts and stuff like this? Impacts. And okay. And he knows that uh, most crashes are on the side of the helmet. Okay. On the front. Yeah. And uh, so that's why it's differently built or differently filled on the sides instead of the of the front. Okay. Yeah, it sounds promising. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think I saw an example of some new design for helmets was in Sweden or Norway or something where it's like a um airbag. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you have an accident or it notices your um like in the phone, it it notices your a sudden movement. Mm-hmm. It's the same technology, so then it takes up less room and stuff of like this. But I think it's something a little bit similar, like this. There's a lot more innovation now. It in is. It is. It is. Stuff. It is. And uh, lot like a combination uh, with machines and uh, the machine capital, machine knowledge, and human human knowledge. That's okay. What, what's we gonna? What so gonna faster say? products. Faster, I guess, faster products onto the market, or fa- also faster products, faster amendments to the products. Or so, if there's an accident, it's like okay, there's a failure in the system, or in the helmet, we can update that, and it the AI can, I don't know, three D print the new helmet, or they can it's they can change the what design. They, what they call it adapt- adaptivity, a much faster adaptivity. Okay. Than before, yeah. not that much process. Between analyzing and then development, it just gets gets faster. The okay. learning, the learning, exp- the learning pace, it's it's getting much 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 faster. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Everyone's a little bit scared of AI, but uh, yeah, these kind of things I think are <laughs> beneficial for us. Also, you're mm. mentioning something about uh, Apple glasses and all this kind of thing. We all seen i think google a few years ago had this and then now mm. it disappeared i don't know whether people were ready for this or whatever but maybe uh, what, what did you see about this i mean it's nothing new the, the process is not it's nothing new i mean if you if you just uh, remind or have uh, just a brief brief uh introduction to to history i mean before before Books before knowledge, we had to go to people to get some knowledge. Then we had books, and we went to a library or wherever books are available. And later on, we had computers where we took our information from. We had to line up in the library to get access to exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then we had, with the beginning of the internet, we had a much higher 
availability. We had data, data or libraries from different countries which are were available to us. After that, we had this. We had laptops, and uh, then slightly came the smartphone, iPads, smartphones, yeah. uh, smartphones availability that we. Every one of us had the instant availability of information on the instant. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I think that was a uh, game changer in the uh, bingo competitions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had some competitions in Australia when you had uh, somebody would just Google the answer. <laughs> yeah. So there'd be a, a team of six or something, and some <laughs> people would just so some people used to walk around checking if people have their phones in their hands, or <laughs> they see a bright light. I mean, so that also changed the, <laughs> changed the situation of a teacher. Before, the teacher was the almighty knowledge person. And with the, com with the internet, with, with smartphones, the information of the teacher could be validated on the instant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that, that changed. That changed the perspective, okay, what's going to be a teacher now? Like that, after that, after smartphones, we had or we have smart watches, mm -hmm. meaning that uh, we don't necessarily need to bring up our smartphone. Yeah, I think my wife's sister has one. She just takes the call on her wrist, yeah. uh, checks uh, some messages on mm. her wrist, doesn't even need to take the phone out. It so, is. so text messages, yeah. um, calls. For calls, you also had headsets. Yeah. But now for text messages or calendar, uh, calendar uh, changes or calendar watches, you can have the smartphone or, or the smartwatch. Uh, personally, I don't wear it. I'm not that, but uh, for no, I don't have a watch either. So there are different different things or different you can you can do with that. Also checking your your body mass, your BMI, your um, your heart rate, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, now in the near future, we won't even be necessarily be uh, able to take our hand movement because we had it on the glasses, meaning we will. The information will will pop out on the on the glass, on the lens, I guess. On the lens, mm -hmm. uh, A practical example is you go and gro you go into groceries. Grocery list will be popped out on the glass. Mm -hmm. Or pop up on the glass, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no more bits of paper. No more bits of paper lying on the no, floor with no. people's lists on it that they dropped. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That just start. I've been there. You can have the correction. You can you can have a uh, person. Oh, the future is endless. We don't know. Also, maps, uh, directions to go yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That okay. that's a big uh, big opportunity there for companies. Yeah. To develop maybe like uh, applications for classes. Well, I know one company I was doing English training at. They had um, their technical people in Germany. And in the U.S., they would, uh, I think they would use augmented or glasses, and they would go in and then they would talk to the technician in the U.S. or wherever they had a machine failure, and then they would solve the problem together. Mm. So if they couldn't solve the problem, then they'd hook up, get the augmented uh, sets or glasses on, and then they could see the problem and then talk through it, and then also it would display on the um, <laughs> a little bit information about what to right. do or... Um, Uh, solve the problem. That's so. that's one example you have on the industry, but also the health sector. Yeah, um, uh, like yeah, a doctors, chirurg, doctors, chirurg uh, could be helping one on one. He could be in a different different country. So, for example, there's like emergency or a problem case, and uh, the 
the guy the guy in the in for example in Germany isn't able to do it there there's a doctor in the United States who has the the knowledge to do it mm-hmm. so he could instantly be able to help yeah that. <coughs> of course again it's we need the infrastructure to connect all things and that's that's uh, 5g okay with that that's uh, why you 5g helps us to allow to interconnect all all the necessary like programs machine with machine and uh, also yeah the this fast the fast interconnection mm-hmm. we will have yeah, i remember listening to a debate online with i think it was a politician and a uh, i think it was just a discussion online about uh, the future AB, ubi and jobs the person was talking about how all these doctors are not doing um radiology anymore mm-hmm. uh, i think it was in the u.s is like the amount of people yearly doing radiology has totally dropped because of the AI, uh, I think it was IBM Watson or something oh. like this, <laughs> which was being trained to review all scans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it could pick it up better than humans. And I think in the future, even more. And y- when you think about an a-, a robot Watson or any AI for the health that could review all these x-rays 24-7, it's a lot oh. faster and they can pick up a little bit better than, more accurately oh. than humans. So On a large scale, yeah. So in the future, we should get used to it that we outsource some tasks to machines mm-hmm. and some tasks to us. So we should have to be deal with that. We also like your good example with the ra- with the MRI scans that do yeah, yeah radiology stuff. Uh, yeah. We should we should uh, be able to let let go. But it also often comes with trust. Yeah, that machines be are able to do that efficient more efficiently than humans mm-hmm. and. Uh, but also you can train the AI to have all the information past historical data where a doctor doesn't have to go back and double check and read mm-hmm. and uh, especially in special cases. So the the computer or AI uh, system could already have that all installed. So mm-hmm. it's, it can uh, assist the doctor yeah. or assist yeah. multiple doctors. Yeah. Yeah. In I think at the moment they, they have the system and there's also diagnosing patients and then double checking with the doctor. So the doctor double checks mm-hmm. with what the AI yeah. has come yeah. up with yeah. and their review. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see what's happening. Okay, so we're talking about um, the training of AI in health and in all other industries as well, in production and stuff like this. But basically, it's about how much we trust machines. On a private sector, we, all, we, we trust them a lot. I mean, with all our data on a smartphone, we have our calendar. I trust the machine to wake me up <laughs> in the morning. I trust the machines with, well, different applications I'm using. So it's about increasing the trust. Yes. So there's also the, some companies are saying, oh, we're we are training the uh, AI and machines to be uh, compatible with humans. So to be a, a, an assistance to humans. So work alongside humans. The other day, I saw a video about a burger chain, and the, the interviewer was train uh, looking at how the uh, you know lots of people don't like working at the burger flipping because <laughs> it's a smoke, it's stinking, mm-hmm. their clothes all stink, everything goes on their skin, and so they have a robot there. So a human puts down the meat, <laughs> and then the, the robot arm has a flipper, mm-hmm. so it can monitor the grill, mm-hmm. and it can flip the burgers, and then when they're ready, it turns it to the side and puts it. Onto a like a bun, and he won't get hungry. Yeah, and he won't get won't hungry eat, and eat. Won't, won't <laughs> eat. Won't eat between not the job. The boss is not not yeah. watching. <laughs> so that's uh, probably a benefit. 
So yeah, that's like one way of showing that they're they're trying to work together. I think I saw a pizza place as well, where the pizza then the sauce gets put on by a robot and it puts on exactly the same amount of sauce mm-hmm. each time and spreads it with a um, in a round circle and it spreads perfectly each time. <laughs> and then I think humans put all the ingredients on, <laughs> and then it goes into the oven and it's pretty much automated. It gets cut when it comes out and put in a box, mm-hmm. and then a human again delivers it. So they're mixing um, machines and AI and with humans or workers. If so we go back to the industry sector, it's 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 the case in since decades, more and more automation uh, and uh, less and less uh, people. I mean, uh, before you needed people to just you know to make the chip to make to produce a computer or a television, radio, but now uh, most of this got automated so you mm-hmm. just need a one or two four four worker who maintained the f- all the process and that's it yeah i think a good mm-hmm. example i hear all the time is um look at the old industrialists like uh, ge they used to hire thirty thousand or more three hundred thousand or hundred thousand people and then now look at the tech companies now they hire 60 mm-hmm. people but they generate so much money Difficult, so yeah. this is a, yeah. a little that's example. Cra- that's cra- a little bit it's crazy, but uh, or Google, who has what twenty thousand, thirty thousand people employees, in in comparison, if you compare it with all the big car dealers and all the like uh, sub sub cars, sub leases, sub um, which are dependent on the big car manufacturer, you in Germany you are more in the millions, millions yeah. of of workers. Yeah, and they hardly generate the uh, the same uh, revenue as a tech company like Google, mm-hmm. and that that's a w- that's a challenge for the n- in the near future because the inequality gets well gets higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why we have the jobs of the future. We have the talk about uh, everyone gets a basic income, and that they're instead of just workers, they're actually owners, and then. Yeah, but uh, we discussed that a little bit last time. But uh, yeah, coming back to or continuing on with this, uh, uh, you know, machines, AI, and uh, companies. Yeah, I remember I think we discussed this last time that uh, yeah, a, a big company here that I was doing tra- English training at introduced robots into their production, more robots, mm-hmm. and then the staff were offered, oh, we don't need your technical expertise anymore. You're overqualified, but you can take less money, or you can leave. Mm. So <laughs> this is causing a lot of problems, but um, yeah, kind of like if you if you have AI machines which are doing or more qualified, then you're trying to do your education, you're trying to get master's degrees and all this kind of stuff, get more technical knowledge, but then and then you get offered less. Mm. So it's kind of like, uh, oh yeah, you got to upgrade your skills and all this, but then at the same time, the AI is getting better, the machines are learning. So it's it's a uh, interesting uh, future we have. It's uh, we're going to have to balance because we got the we need the redistribution of wealth. Work. You should ask yourself: Can a machine do my work? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Don't be. I would say be be true be truthful for yourself because there will be. Well, if it's repetitive work, then I guess the the machine can do it. But every work is repetitive, yeah, isn't it? So this is why <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're gonna have to, uh, you know, really yeah. think about the meaning of work and uh, is is it uh, 
Yeah, I guess if it's uh, sustainable, we don't mm-hmm. want to just give people jobs just to peop- keep people occupied. So um, I think this comes back to like uh, when you're talking about AIs designing the products, mm-hmm. it's back to nature. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, this uh, we hear a lot of talk about circular economy, circular products. Someone makes a company makes a product, but then they have to think about that it comes back into their supply chain rather than using the new materials. So I hear a lot of economists talking about we have to slow down, we have to have universal basic income. But uh, from your workshop, I remember you, you showed a slide to me before where you said like the makeup in the next 20, 30 years will be, okay, humans do most of the work now, but it's going to transition to that machines will be doing a little bit more of the, a lot more of the work. So in the future, we're going to have more machines. We we have an equal like a... In- 50-50, uh, we have the we have a fifty-fifty case now. Yeah, I mean, uh, before in the fifty-sixties, we in Germany we did our production all by ourselves, and then with the increase of China, we put all the cheap production to China. But now, China it isn't the China before. China is also got wealthy, also more ex- more exp- expensive. So what to do with the all the production lines where to go with that and uh, that needs we need a new cheap labor and that's machines and what we have yeah, now they can work three shifts yeah they don't get hungry <laughs> uh, they don't steal <laughs> yeah. and um, so today we have like a 25% 75% machine and uh, human difference but in the near future yeah it will come to a 50-50 um even so a little bit more than that, I think. Yeah, in yeah. De- yeah. De- depend of of course depends 70, on the seventy five. Seventy five depends mm. on the on the ec- depends on the position depends on the work. Um, the positions on instant thinking like a law enforcement police would stay well, teacher. Would I, I stay. think we saw in London when there was protests, COVID. Mm. We had drones and we had um, little what are yeah. what's that dog called? Where it's a yeah. A robot dog, I forget the name of it. I think it's a Google company or something. And it was uh, walking around. If people aren't standing 1.5 okay. meters, then it would have a little micro speaker and say, hey, please <laughs> stand. But that's a perfect example where classical where, where classical sector is also filled with technical part, like mm-hmm. a technical. So that, that will definitely come that we will have in almost every sector of the job market technology embedded in it so we're going to have uh, less jobs more competition for those jobs so that means you need a university degree to get the entry-level jobs and then slowly mm-hmm. those top jobs fill and then those that don't have a degree will not be really getting mm-hmm. any jobs so this is what is happening now that we that we see mm-hmm. as you mentioned from your own experience so yeah 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 it, it's not that i didn't apply my <laughs> apply i applied <laughs> lo- a lot uh but well <laughs> it is it isn't like 20 30 years ago yeah where you just filled some burr and we could, we could do your work and a decent work decent job you know you have to really uh yeah compete mm-hmm. yeah should be interesting times and i think uh everyone should be thinking about this and discussing this and um even in your friends groups and you with your work colleagues i know everyone's trying to do um a little bit uh a few online courses here and there but i think we uh you know discuss with the family as well i think mm-hmm. that's why we try and 
do speeches and have a podcast where we discuss these and discuss them together. So, so just as uh, we come to our conclusion, if we look at the AI coming into the workforce, I think this is something that we should all think about a little bit more and uh, think about how our current jobs, how technology can support us or we'll, what we'll need to do to maybe be more of an, a benefit to society or to our workplace. So upskill up a little bit and even have the conversation about a universal basic income. We're all going to be affected, so we should all be in the game and have the discussion about mm-hmm. it and form groups and lobby government officials and come up with our ideas. Alrighty, everyone, I hope you enjoyed our discussion and I hope that motivates you to do your own research and think about AI and jobs for the future. From us, we say goodbye. See you next time. Ciao, ciao.